You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Flying Goat Farm podcast. This is episode 10, um, and I'm going to be talking about the Tour de Fleece. But here's what's happening on the farm. It's been kind of a quiet week so far. Um, We have been um, harvesting some blueberries and some strawberries, and the garden is growing really well. Bill planted 25 more uh, sweet potatoes, so that means... He has, I think I want to say, a total of about 150 sweet potato plants out there. It's one of the only things that we can grow consistently. Um, Although last year the weather was weird and our sweet potatoes were maybe, they were more like fingerling potatoes. Maybe they were four inches in length and maybe they were one inch in diameter, maybe two inches in diameter. They were puny. So I hope we get some really nice big ones like we have in the past, because usually when we can harvest those, they'll last us all year in kind of our little improvised root cellar thing that we have. Yes, the cicadas are still out there. Um, We've had a couple of pretty bad stormy nights, and um, so the cicadas, I think, are starting to kind of wane a little bit. They probably got knocked off the trees with all the wind and the lightning and the rain and all that stuff. Um, Thankfully, we don't have a lot on like the driveways. I heard that 17 years ago is like there were so many that were dead on the sidewalks and stuff. It was really kind of hazardous to walk around. And so far, I haven't seen that. Um, So we're just kind of enjoying their music once in a 17 year lifetime. Um, And so that's what's happening on the farm. So I wanted to talk about um, Tour de Fleece. It is coming up um, on June 26th. It's the first day. And just in case you're not a spinner, maybe you are a uh, knitter and you've never heard of the Tour de Fleece before, I wanted to tell you a little bit about it. Um, It was started in 2006. So this is the 12th or 13th year, something like that. Um, And it started with just a a small group of about 50 spinners. Now there are over 10,000 spinners world around the world, really, um, who participate. And the whole point was to do a kind of a spin along that coincided with the Tour de France. Um, You know, a lot of people do get kind of uh, confused when you say, well, you know, I did some spinning today. Um, If you're not a hand spinner, you might think that I went to um, the Y or the local gym and um, I took a spinning class um, where I rode a bicycle. So it's kind of a play off of that. Um, Last year, because of the weird pandemic shutdowns, all that kind of stuff, there were actually two Tour de Fleeces. And that's because um, this the original Tour de France was postponed until September. 
But spinners around the world said, hey, we've been planning this for, you know, June into July. So many of the teams decided that they were going to go ahead and carry on with the Tour de Fleece at its usual time. And then many teams did it again in September. We kind of did a modified one in September last year. Not everybody participated. Uh, most people were uh, participated in the June to July Tour de Fleece last year. Um, and yeah, you can be on a team. Um, there are some set teams that are on Ravelry. There's a whole big Ravelry group. Um, I have what I guess would be considered a wildcard team. I did register myself um when I first started doing this, but now I just kind of run it um, out of my own groups and don't really uh, interact with a whole Ravelry big Tour de Fleece group. So the whole deal about the, the Tour de Fleece is that you are supposed to, you as a spinner are supposed to spin yarn every day that the cyclists race in the Tour. Now, during the Tour de France, they do have rest days when the cyclists do not um, ride. And those are usually days when they maybe take a plane or they take a bus or a train um, to go to a far away destination that they wouldn't go on their bikes. Um, and so hand spinners also take a rest day. You do not have to spin on those days that are rest days. And then the Tour de Fleece, or excuse me, the Tour de France has mountain stages through the Alps and the Pyrenees. And so um, when the race is in those mountain stages, then spinners have challenge days. And for those challenge days, you know, you're supposed to do something that obviously is a challenge to you. So when is it this year? So like, like I said at the beginning of this, this year, the tour starts on June 26th and it goes to July 18th. And the rest days are July 5th and 12th. And this year, I think that there are more mountain stages than they usually have. There are six different mountain stages. So that means that there's six challenge days. So And they're all kind of close together. So July 3rd, 4th, and 7th, July 11th, 14th, and 15th. Now, lots of the teams and lots of individual spinners, they decide that they are going to spin the entire time that the cyclists are on the road. So if it's um, a long several kilom 100 kilometers or 100 mile uh, bike race, they will be spinning for three hours, four hours, however long that the race is on. And, and so that is a big, big commitment. For my team, I decided that was too big of a commitment. It was too big of a commitment for me to do that. And I can't ask anybody else to do that either. So for my team, I just ask you to spin 10 minutes a day. Um, and you can, of course, you can spin more than that. But the, um, the threshold, and it's a very low threshold, is 10 minutes a day. So who would do something like this? It's kind of, you know, it's, it is a big commitment. Um, but who can, who can do it who, or who would do it? Any spinner at any level can be part of this. Um, you can spin on a wheel. 
You can spin on a sharka. You can spin on a spindle. You can spin with a treadle wheel. You can spin with an electric wheel. Um, the whole point is to make yarn from roving or fleece and have a great time doing it. And where can you do this thing? Um, lots of people do, do have like spin togethers, a crafternoon or something like that. Um, but even if you're by yourself, you can spin outside, you can spin inside, you can spin in the public or you can spin in private. You can spin while listening to a book on tape or while binge washing something on Netflix or Disney Plus, or like I do, I actually watch the race while I'm spinning when I can. You can spin on vacation, and I have done that, or you can um, spin even on a Zoom call, especially if you have some kind of work Zoom call and you don't have to put your face on, you could be there spinning while you're in your meeting. This is probably cheating, right? Okay, so I told you where where you can do it, who would do it, when it is, but why would anyone do it? Well, there are so many benefits. So simply, this is the single best way that I feel like you can improve your spinning because you're spinning every day. You're spinning for a certain period of time, even if it's 10 minutes a day. I've talked about this with knitting before. Doing something 10 minutes a day moves you forward. And because there are those challenge days, you can also use that to perfect a technique that you um, are still working at. Or you can learn a new technique on those challenge days. And for me, what the past few years, what I've done is make my goal to be uh, spinning enough yardage to knit up a project. And uh, again, another great reason to do this is just to be connected with other spinners who are in your same community and seeing what other people are spinning. I know for my team, I ask people to post a picture every day of what they're knitting, or not knitting, what they're spinning, or where they're spinning, um, or just to, you know, give us a little sense of what your progress is for the day. And that's so much fun to see the other stuff that people are doing, because it may be something that you never even thought of doing. Um, and then it will open up your eyes to say, well, wow, I didn't know that I could spin a single to stay a single. So maybe I will try that at some point on a challenge day. So I was thinking back to, you know, how, how many years have I actually done the Tour de Fleece? And my first tour was 2016. So this one coming up is going to be my sixth year. Um, of doing it. Uh, my first tour, uh, I did as a team, as the Flying Goat Farm team. And um, that year we did go on a vacation over um, 4th of July. And I took my spinning wheel with me and some fiber. And so on downtimes, 
um, when we were watching the news or, you know, after dinner or whatever, um, kind of winding down, I would pull out my spinning wheel and spin. And so that was really a fun thing to do on a vacation. And even if you didn't want to take your wheel, you definitely could take a spindle um, and be spinning. And you can even do that in the car. There's some people that I know that have e-spinners and they spin in the car. Uh, they plug it into the uh, cigarette lighter, which is pretty cool. But anyway, that was 2016. And my my goal of that was just to provide a community for spinners that I knew in our area, people that had bought um, roving from me, people that I taught to spin. So the next year with 2017, my goal was um, to reduce my collection of spinning fibers that I've been carrying around for a long time. Some of them are 20 years old um, and I have all kinds of stuff. I have a lot of cotton and naturally dyed cotton. I've got recycled denim jeans that were made into cotton sliver. I've got, um, I've got silk and of course I have wool. And so I really just wanted to pull out my collection of spinning fiber and just work from that. And I did, and it was fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. 2018, was the start of my spinning my lamb fleece to make a sweater. And <laughs> telling you this, it's a, it's a little bit on the embarrassing side because man, it took me three years of tour de fleece to do, to make enough three ply yarn to make that sweater. Um, in 2018, I think I got about a little bit less than halfway there. I needed to make because I didn't know exactly what sweater I was going to make, I decided that I would spin 2,000 yards of three-ply sweater yarn. And I wanted to do three-ply because I thought I might do a cable, and three-ply is great for a cable. I just wasn't sure what I was going to make. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I'm not. I, I want to... I want to spin for a project instead of saying, oh, it's this nebulous project out there. And so I'm going to make what I think I will need without really doing the math. Um, but anyway, so to do that, I needed to spin 6,000 yards or a mile of singles to make enough three ply for that sweater. And it's, it was a lamb fleece. And it was part of my Cormo crosses with my blue face luster. And so there were, um, there were some noils in that fleece. I tried hand carding and it just was too noily and noils make little bumps in the, in the yarn, which can look kind of tweedy. And so in, in certain cases, that would be a nice looking yarn that, that would be something that you could work with. Um, but I wanted a smooth yarn. So then I thought, okay, I've got combs. So I will comb it, which is making sure that all the fibers are all aligned, going the same way. And when you put it through combs, it means that um, all those little noily, all those little balls will come out. Um, and so I worked with that. 
And I actually had to spin the yarn off the combs. Um, sorry, knitters, to be so technical, but um, yeah, it was really hard. It was hard work because the combs I was using was very fine. The uh, fleeces were very fine. I would get like a Charlie horse or like a tennis elbow kind of thing. So I couldn't spin for a long period of time in that way. Um, so yeah, it took me three years. Last year during the Tour de Fleece, I finished. Yay! I should also say that um, because I didn't know what sweater I wanted to make, I also didn't know what color I wanted to make it. So the whole time I was spinning white on white on white on white. And so that was another um, way that it kind of bogged me down because it, it's a little bit boring to just spin white on white on white on white. But I got it done. If you have followed me on my Facebook lives, you have seen the sweater fully completed. I ended up making an Icelandic um, yoke cardigan and the body of that I dyed with a beautiful golden color. And then I had um, a two ply yarn that was um, variegated that I used for the color work. And it's really pretty. It's really next to the skin soft. I'm really proud of it. Um, that was the first hand spun, oh, well, yeah, first hand spun sweater I ever made. Also the first um, steak that I put into a hand knit sweater. I had done a steak before, but this was the first one that was, that I had actually knit. And it turned out fantastic. Um, I will never go back from not steaking. Uh, I love, you know, knitting in the round. It's so much uh, easier. And especially if you're going to do color work, um, you don't have, it's difficult to do color work with purling. So doing the steaking is great. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. So that leads me to this year. So again, if you're part of my team, I ask you to um, make goals for yourself for your spinning time and to let us let everybody know these are what my goals are, because it's it's fun to it's fun and inspiring to listen to what other people are doing. So for my main goal of the Tour de Fleece this time is I'm going to spin to make another fiber fiber shed top. It's kind of a sweater. It's a pullover. It's the Tanga that uh, designed by Caitlin Hunter. Um, I figured that I need 1,200 yards. I'm going to make two-ply yarn, and that is because the Tanga has some really pretty um, lace work at the bottom hem. And a two-ply yarn works great in lace work because the the two plies kind of pull each other, push each other, pull each other, and they make the holes in lace open up. Um, so that is my big goal. Um, I am going to be spinning two ounces of this yarn, the singles, two ounces of the roving, 
per day. And um, I should also tell you, it's it's a fiber shed sweater because I'm using um, yarn for my animals. So this is a charcoal roving that I have from my um, BFL crosses. And it's lovely to work with. Um, I've already spun up a sample so that then I could make my swatch because I wanted to make sure that I was on the right track before Tour de Fleece started. Um, for the challenge days, so those six days when it's the tour is in the mountains, I'm going to be working on perfecting my technique for making singles that are going to stay singles. I want to work on getting some singles that are going to be like a DK weight. And it, that's a, it's a really kind of hard technique. Um, you have to put in enough twist so that the yarn is yarn and not just roving, but you also don't want it to be over twisted. You want it to be balanced. So that's what I'm going to be working on, on those challenge days. Oh, I started to tell you that um, I did the math and I'm hoping that this is, this is right. Um, we'll have to see. I know that I can spin a bobbin with two ounces of singles on it in, you know, an hour or two. I can do that on a regular race day. So if I do two bobbins, that's two days, right? And then I'll take on the third day, I will take those two bobbins and I will ply them into my two ply yarn. And then I'll start it all over again. I told you that I made my sample yarn already. And I figured that um, out of that four ounces of roving, I get about 200, 240 yards of this two ply. So I think I should be able to make enough um, during the tour and have a few days to spare, maybe, depends on those challenge days. Um, but I should be pretty close to making enough yarn for that top. And that would be awesome. And then I can get to work on starting to knit it. I told you that I already um, did my swatch. And so um, I'm really excited. I know, I know what needle I can use and all that stuff. So I know there are all kinds of reasons to not do this. That you have a vacation. You have commitments to your kids. Uh, maybe they're starting to do um, swim lessons and camp and taking them to the library during the summer, all those things. Um, maybe there's too much gardening to do, or maybe you're interested in other crafts. Um, but just remember, I'm just saying do 10 minutes a day. And this, and I think 10 minutes a day you can fit into your um, daily life. And I'm telling you that your spinning will improve exponentially because you've taken that time to do it 10 minutes each day. Um, another reason why you wouldn't want to do it is because you're a knitter and you, do, and you don't spin. Um, but remember, if you want to learn how to spin, that I do have in-person spinning classes. For those spinning classes, you don't need to have your own equipment. Um, and you may just find that you love spinning as much as I do. Um, 
in those classes, I teach you how to spin on a wheel. Um, and if you're really interested in doing um, spindle spinning, I can show you parts of that. It's not my favorite way to spin. Um, I can do it and I can show you, but the classes are for spinning on a wheel. So if I have whetted your appetite to do the Tour de Fleece 2021, um, you can join my team. There are two ways that you can join the team. You can join our conversation in my Ravelry group. It's the Flying Goat Farm um, group on Ravelry. Or you can join my Facebook group. And for that, you can search for its FGF Tour de Fleece group. Um, and we would happy, be happy to have you on our team. And I don't want to leave you knitters, crocheters, felters, rug hookers, all the other people that do fantastic textiles, weavers, um, any textile um, artist. I don't want to leave you out. So here's something to whet your appetite. So each year when there is Olympics, Ravelry usually has the Rav Hellenics going on. So it is a craft along. It can be any craft. Um, and what happens with that is that during the Olympics, the two weeks of the Olympics, you commit to doing your craft, whatever that craft is. Um, and you do it all the days of the Summer Olympics. A lot of people um, on this one, they make their goal to like start and finish a project during those two weeks. If you know anything about me, you know I'm the slowest knitter in the world. I, I, I can commit to doing something of my craft every day for two weeks, but I don't know that I personally can commit to starting and finishing a project within those two weeks. So if you want to be part of that team, I'm not asking you to start and finish during those two weeks. So the 2020 um, Summer Olympics that are really happening in 2021 will be starting on July 23rd and they will be ending on August 8th. And um, I have a, a thread in my Ravelry group about that. Um, if you like Facebook better, I will be putting up um, posts for that on my regular Facebook group during the Rav Hellenics time. So keep that in mind. Um, it's really great to have a community to be crafting with, to be sharing what we're doing and inspiring other people um, to get involved in other crafts because of what we do and to get inspiration from those people who do something that you've never seen before. So until next time, when maybe I see you on my Tour de Fleece team or my Wrath Hellenics team, but until next time, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making. <laughs>